Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. So as I was saying, while the months are flying past, September, looking at um, cervical cancer, and I have Dr. Seitati Molefi, who is the Deputy Chief of Party at Health NGO Right to Care. Dr. Molefi, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good afternoon, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's lovely to be on the show. So I think the first question I have to ask you is, I hear people call it cervical cancer and it's cervical cancer, and I never know which is right. Can you help me, Dr. Molefi? Is Dr. Molefi there? I think we may have lost her. So, I mean, I think I'm just going to call it cervical cancer because I hear many people call it cervical cancer. So we're going to be talking about this this HPV vaccine, right? And I don't know how many of you listening have had your young daughter vaccinated, whether you yourself have been vaccinated, whether you're ooing and eyeing, you're not sure. A lot of people are talking about the, about the HPV vaccine. Um, when we did have Dr. Smith on the show before and she spoke about it being rolled out in Australia. Um, and that the goal in Australia is that by 2020, there will be no cervical or cervical cancer. So the big question is, do you, don't you? Um, obviously the awareness this month, um, you know, at Right to Care, they are really encouraging people in the community to have their daughters from the age of nine upwards vaccinated. It is a free vaccine. It is available. Um, and um, obviously, it, it, it plays a very um, important role in managing this, um, this HPV virus. So I think um, Dr. Malefi is with us. Um, I think maybe Dr. Dr. Malefi muted herself. Dr. Malefi, are you with us? I hope that you are. Can you hear me? Good afternoon. I am now. I did lose connection for a bit, but I'm back. Fabulous. I, we actually, are... I actually was kicked out. Yeah, oh. sorry. Oh my goodness, we don't want to kick you out. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome <laughs> back, Dr. Malefi. So, you know, I, I, there's so many people who have discussions uh, about this HPV vaccine and um, whether they should, whether they should send their daughters, whether they themselves should go. So before we get to the actual vaccine, Dr. Malevi, perhaps you can just explain to our audience, what is the HPV? What is the human papillomavirus? Papillomavirus. Okay, cool. So the human papilloma virus is actually a group of viruses. And uh, these viruses have different types. Um, so we've got um, various types that we worried about because they've been seen to, uh, been, to be most linked with various cancers. And because at this point in time, really, we are focusing on cervical cancer, uh, we then focus on type 16 and 18, because those are the ones that are most linked with um, uh, cervical cancer, meaning they are the ones most prevalent or most commonly uh, seen as causes of cervical cancer. So when you speak HPV and human, human papillomavirus, we speak about a group of viruses and it's various viruses. And people would actually hear people speaking about warts, for instance, and saying they are caused by HPV. So though that HPV is not necessarily the same type of HPV that would give you cervical cancer, but it still falls within the group. I, I, I hope that, that that sort of clarifies it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I've heard... I still 
I'm in, Nikki. Yes, yes. And can you hear me? Can you hear me, Dr. Mulefi? Yes, I think we have just a bit of a delay, but we'll work with it. Thanks. Uh, we we will persevere. We will persevere. Um, so, and thank you. No, you've explained that absolutely beautifully because I know that cancer of the cervix is the second most prevalent cancer in women in South Africa, that it is preventable, preventable and approximately 3,000 women in South Africa die from cervical cancer every year, which is a pretty scary statistic when you consider that there is this vaccine available. Also, I read that people who, women who do then become sexually active, that most women do at some point get the HPV. Am I correct? But as you said, because it's a, a cluster of, of viruses, not all of them cause the cancer. Yes, that, 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 that is quite correct. So what is important to note is that, as you've said, most women, after they start uh, getting sexually active, will contract, um, uh, um, you know, HIV, uh, HPV, sorry, HPV. And this usually happens within the first five years of sexual debut. So... Uh, women would uh, in the within the first five years um, uh, being infected with HPV after they start being sexually active, and the unfortunate part with this is and 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 this Dr. Molefi, I'm going to have to interrupt you. I'm so sorry, Dr. Molefi, but this is an awful, awful line. Sorry, Dr. Molefi. In year one or year five. Dr. Molefi, I'm so sorry, but we're not able to. We really, you know, the I think that what we're going to do is have to connect with Dr. Molefi once again or ask Dr. Molefi to connect, uh, to reconnect to this Zoom call. Um, I hope that you can hear me, Dr. Molefi. Um, it's so important what you're saying and there's an awful lag and therefore our audience can't get really all of these important facts and, uh, yeah, that you're sharing with us. So if you can please, um, just disconnect, if you can log off and then if you can log on um, once again. We would appreciate that. We're going to go to ads, um, and I'm really hoping that after the ads, we will have Dr. Seitati Molefi back on the show talking about this HPV virus. You know, what are you doing? I'd, I'd love to know. Um, are you hesitating? Did you not hesitate? Have you sent your daughter? Have you yourself gone? And um, yeah, if you'd like to, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. But let's take a break, and hopefully Dr. Molefi will join us once again. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Well, welcome back. This is the DL Link Show. This is where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. A really informative and very important discussion about this HPV vaccine. Um, I know that I've had a discussion with a number of people. I don't have daughters. I only have sons. Um, but certainly the discussion around whether you are or whether you will um, vaccinate your daughter before she becomes sexually active. And, you know, that in itself is quite a difficult 
conversation and concept to get around your head, right? Your young daughter of nine. I mean, you're hardly considering it, but or, or want to consider it. But it, it certainly is an important consideration, especially with the, the absolute fact that cancer of the cervix is the second most prevalent cancer in women in South Africa, um, and that it is preventable. So Dr. Molefi is uh, on the show today explaining, unfortunately, we have had a bad line, and I'm hoping Dr. Molefi is ba- back and that we can hear her um, and what she has to say. Dr. Molefi, are you there? Yes, I'm back. I hope that's better. Oh, we can hear you beautifully. Fantastic, fantastic. We were, we, we were chatting about the HPV. We were talking about, you were saying that m- m- most women, um, within five years of becoming sexually active will have had some form of this HPV, uh, the human papilloma virus. And now we're looking at, you know, uh, bringing the awareness to the girls of uh, age nine and older. I know that the World Health Organization recommends that girls age nine and and above should receive the HPV vaccine before they become sexually active. Um, and I know that what you're doing, um, right to care is you're going out there and you're offering, um, the vaccine for free. So let me ask you this, Dr. Molefe, why would there be, um, any type of hesitation with regards to parents taking their daughters to be vaccinated? Okay. So. First of all, maybe let's address the issues that pertain to vaccine hesitancy in general. We've had those for the longest time, even before COVID. And I think COVID has just brought it, uh, you know, out and in our faces on social media and so forth. But there have been issues with vaccines previously, particularly those vaccines that people think are not so essential and maybe will not affect me. And maybe, no, my daughter is not at risk. And, 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 and. So I think the biggest, biggest challenge really that, that relates to, um, vaccine hesitancy is knowledge and information. And, you know, being clear on actual, uh, data and actual, um, you know, statistics out there that relate to what is this vaccine? Why are we giving it? And why are we giving it at a certain stage? So people get snippets of information. And based on those, make decisions. So it is very important that campaigns like the ones that we're supporting don't just speak to come bring your daughter for vaccination because we're helping her. It just needs to talk to the reason why we do this like we did at the beginning of of, of our talk, that we first talk about HPV and how people are at risk uh, in terms of contracting HPV as soon as they become sexually active. And the fact that you can actually protect yourself against acquisition of HPV through using a vaccine. The vaccine is available. It's safe. It's been used over several years globally. There's data out there relating to its safety. There's a reason why we use it early on because really parents worry about nine-year-olds, first of all, and the reason behind it. So they're thinking, you say you're protecting my, my, my daughter from a possible sexually transmitted infection. She's only nine. Why do I need yes. to do this now? You know? Yes. And, and, and so the first difficulty is the conversation, right? Uh, right. With the daughter <laughs> that I'm taking you here because these are the reasons, because it's important for these kids to actually know and understand why they're getting this, this, this vaccination. So it's important to have age appropriate communication with our children so that they understand the importance of this. We are investing into their future health. And you know, you said at the beginning that you actually don't have daughters, but you have boys. I want you to be the boy mother who will actually discuss this with her boys from the age of nine. 
as soon as their peers start getting the vaccine, they also need to understand that this happens because they are future partners to some of these girls. And they need to, to, to sort of understand all this, of course, age-appropriate uh, information. Sure. Yeah. So, so this is why we want the girls to be protected before they are sexually active. And it has been shown that people who get this vaccine before they are sexually active, their levels of protections are, protection are quite high. Now we move from protecting you against HPV to protecting you against cancer of the cervix. As I've already said, um, we found, um, uh, you know, over 90, 95% of uh, cancers of the cervix have been linked to HPV infection, actually. So when we uh, protect uh, uh, women against HPV infection, we are therefore, consequently, protecting them against future uh, development of cancer of the cervix. So mm-hmm. this is why it's so important. So we, initially, it looks like we are protecting you against an STI, but ultimately, we are protecting you against a, a very common cancer in South Africa. You've already talked about the, 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 the data. And you know, one of the mantras that I'm always pushing about this discussion is that cancer of the cervix is highly preventable, number one, but also highly treatable if detected early. So there's, there's so many levels of you know, um, interventions that we can put in place to protect our women against that death statistics of 3,000 women dying annually of cancer of the cervix. Hmm. Wow. And I think that at Right to Care, I think you're doing a phenomenal job. So I know that you are promoting um, the the vaccine. You also, um, and I know that in the Orange Free State, for example, you're rolling out screening, you're making screening available in communities, and also you help with circumcision. I think it's over 1.4 million men have been circumcised, and possibly our audience is wondering, well, what does that have to do with uh, human uh, papillomavirus? But the findings have been that men who have been circumcised circumcised are less likely to transmit HPV. Am I correct? Spot on. Spot on. You are correct. So it has been found that men who who are circumcised are less likely to transmit HPV infection. It's been found that men who are circumcised have lower rates of actually acquiring the infection themselves. Number two, uh, they also, if they get the infection, they clear it naturally uh, uh, much more than people who have not been circumcised. So this means it's a protective measure against acquisition and also um, uh, against a, a, a persistence of the infection. Because once the infection persists, then they would then be at risk of transmitting it to their sexual partners. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the vaccine um, side effects. Is it painful? What, what, what is the vaccine like? Yeah. So uh, it's an injection. I guess that says it uh, all. <laughs> that says I, it all. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we all react differently. Uh, some people feel the pain once they, as soon as the needle is, is taken out. But the bottom line is, look, the side effects are very rare. They are quite mild. And most of the side effects relate to like pain at the injection site. Some people get swelling, also localized swelling just at the site of the injection. Some people may experience a fever after this, after, after, after the immunization or the vaccination. And then other people will have, you know, what, 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 what you call and non-specific symptoms that, that, that people generally get with, with flus or fevers. So they'll get maybe fevers, they'll get headaches. They'll get um, maybe uh, upset tummies, diarrhea, a bit of vomiting or nausea. But these are generally very mild. They are the type of symptoms that you can manage with your 
you know, over the, over the counter medications, and 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 hardly do people then need to have a further consultation for these. But of course, uh, once people are aware, then they are able to to monitor this, and should they become a, a, a you know Western mind, then they are able to consult, and all of those have 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 been treated uh, quite successfully. So we're really not worried about the side effects, but awareness is always always important. Okay, great. And Dr. Mulefi, um, is it a once-off vaccine? So it's a, it's, it's a two-dose vaccine. You get mm-hmm. the first dose and six months later, they get a second dose. And the campaign that the Department of Health runs that we support actually goes out to schools so that it's available at schools and it's free of charge so that the children don't have to go out of their way, I mean, to get vaccinated. And, um, you know, uh, the, what normally happens is that parents would get permission slips that they would have to sign. So informed consent is critical. Only a child who has consent from the parent will be vaccinated. And, and for those who, because, you know, mainly this, 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 this campaign is run in public schools and those parents who want to access this outside public schools can also go to their local clinics, to the pharmacies and uh, to their private healthcare providers. They would also be able to supply this. Okay. And I have one last question, Dr. Molevi. So, um, for, so you, you, you know, we're focusing on young girls, um, age nine and older, and you explained so beautifully why. Um, what about older women? Um, so you said it's more effective be- before they become sexually active. Older women, um, and when I say older women, those who are, well, I mean, there's such a rage, but let's just say, I mean, how efficient uh, uh, is is this vaccine if you didn't have it before you were sexually active? Yeah, so so the the the, the, the efficacy really has been has been studied and 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 and, and um, you know, and uh, we are sure that it works well before sexual debut before you're sexually active, simply because, as we've said, that the majority um, of people would have contracted HPV. Uh, in the yeah. first five years of, of being sexually active. But I mean, there are people who, um, the, the, the other issue with sexual debut is also an age issue, right? For different yeah. communities, sexual de- debut can be at 10, can be at 15, can be at 20. So I would really say, while we speak to young girls at nine, because we're trying to protect even those who unfortunately, you know, start very early, um, uh, starting at nine, but those who might still not have, uh, started with, um, you know, sexual intercourse at any age, they 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 would um, uh, benefit from this. The benefits really go down are, are far less for people who are already sexually active and may actually have HPV infection. Remember, HPV infection does not necessarily give symptoms, so we sit not knowing whether we actually do have HPV infection or not, which is why we also promote screening so that should you have had an infection that could have led to development of cancer, we detect it early. And then we are able to manage what we see, uh, maybe development of cancer or any signs of the possibility of development of the cancer. So just to clarify that for those women who are now sexually active and who have not had the vaccine before, is it worth going to have the vaccine? No. What you need to do, and I would really say you need to do this if you're sexually active, then focus on the screening for possible cancer of the cervix. This is done through a normal pap smear. So people know about pap smears. Please have your regular pap smears. Oh, fantastic. Dr. Malefi, thank you. I'm so delighted that we persevered. We got to hear your wonderful voice with really such important information for everyone to hear. Thank you for joining us. And honestly, the work that Right to Care does is just amazing. So we appreciate your time. Thank you. 
thank you so much. I'm much appreciating. I appreciate your, um, uh, your, 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 your resilience as well. And I'm happy that we're able to pass the message and I hope it's clear. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Wonderful and clear. Thank you, Dr. Molefi, Deputy Chief of Party at Health NGO, Right to Care. So promoting the HPV vaccination, also promoting screening, going into communities and um, circumcision, um, 1.4 million circumcisions in South Africa. Incredible, absolutely incredible.